0: Hello, I'm Hannah Jenner, and I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a body image podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender, so please help us out by subscribing
1: and sharing and if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. We're back. Episode 28. We missed one. Apologies. But hey, work, life, travel, all that stuff got in the way. Excuses, all good things. Excuses.
0: But we missed you.
1: We missed you. Hopefully you missed us. But hey, <laughs> we're still here. Um, And today we're going to have a little chat. You know, catch up. Uh... Tell the people what's happening, what's been happening, what's going down. Um, And we are going to, well, I am going to run Rachel through a little exercise known <laughs> as um, Destination or well, Creating a Destination Postcard. You could also rephrase that as like a health and wellness vision statement. You can kind of call it whatever you want. But, um, and I'll tell you why I came up with the idea of doing this here live on air a little bit later
0: but first we catch up what's new Rachel what's new uh well I got to go traveling uh I got on an airplane again which feels like a big deal after many many months and even years of not doing much of that um so I went to my fabulous home country I went back to Canada for about a week and met My new nephew, well, he's not new anymore, but he was born a month into the pandemic. So uh, it's the first time I got to meet him in person. So I basically spent a week uh, playing with kids. Oh, it's, I know. It scares me. It scares me. (laughs) Um, It's about what I anticipated. It's, it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even more impressed now with sort of, yes, parents of, of Two little boys, because one, one nephew's four years old, one nephew's 18 months now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Were you happy to be able to walk away and give them back? Oh, yeah. I mean, I love other people's children. I, I totally do. <laughs> I love um, other people's dogs. Yeah, I know. I mean, I love other people's dogs, too. I kind of, <laughs> but I want, I want to, like, with dogs, I want to, like, take other people's dogs home with me. The kids Lock are generally... Walk up your dogs. <laughs> I'm generally happy to, like, hand the kids back and... Uh, so,
1: yeah. did you, like, I mean, you FaceTime your family all the time.
0: Like, we do. We haven't, um, we've had a weekly FaceTime almost through the entire, like, pandemic. Um, I'm, I don't even know if my family know what I look like still. <laughs> but, um, did you change you, like, like, your hair a lot. They could seeing, maybe not even recognize you.
1: Did your family, like, having, like, not seen you in person and seeing you in person, did they think that you were, like... Looked different from the last time they saw you, or like anything changed? when they were <laughs> like, "Oh my god, that's not what
0: I was expecting to see," or "Wow, you look great," or you know, that's a real, that's an interesting question because, like, no, I don't, I don't think there was literally any, um, no, I don't think anyone made any comments actually about about me. I feel like that's kind of not that surprising. I mean, I don't know if like other than my mom who will comment maybe on on the way I look or something like I don't really know if anyone in my family ever really just comments on things Fair like that um, Fair I mean once I was there for a few days and my four-year-old nephew um, learned that his favorite games with Auntie Rachel are like the push-up game where he jumps on my back and makes me do push-ups or like the Auntie Rachel sit on the couch and I will run and then jump on you with my full body weight um both my brother and my sister-in-law did comment and then, you know, thank me for uh, being able to, like, keep up with him and do such, like, physical play that it tired him out every day. Well, there you go. So that was, I guess, a comment on Auntie Rachel being strong and, and active.
1: <laughs> did you eat anything in Canada
0: that is particularly Canadian that you don't get to eat here? So... Yes. I mean, there's always, there's like my Canadian favorites, right? Um, Since I don't eat meat, I'm not like drawn to poutine, which is what often people uh, love having when they go back. And actually where I was in Victoria, it does have a restaurant that has really good poutine. But um, the the French fry with cheese curd and gravy thing was not had. Um, But I do have some very favorite chocolate bars. Or actually, chocolate bars kind of—I think—originally from your country. <laughs> it's like the Nestle and the Cadbury All stuff. All the best things um, are. that uh, even some things like Kit Kat is. Different up there, like taste different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did have my favorite mint chocolate arrow bar. <gasps> I still love
1: them. Right? I remember when I traveled around the U.S. when I was eighteen, yeah. and like the chocolate was terrible, and the Cadbury's was made by Hershey's, which right was terrible. exactly. So the chocolate's not even the same. I got into Canada, and there was like
0: Agile Cadbury's chocolate. They had yeah. Smarties. It yeah. was just like
1: wow So I had, I had, yeah,
0: I had a mint arrow and I had Smarties, and Ooh. and actually for our listeners who are American, Smarties are not the same. Smarties here are those weird chalky candies in a roll that like you often get at like Halloween. Really? Yeah, it's like powder. It's like chalky powder Gross. sugar um, in this little roll. That those are called Smarties. They're like they're really tiny. They're smaller than M and M's or Smarties, and they're this chalky powdery sugar. Not, but in Canada for our listeners, uh, Smarties are a candy coated chocolate, kind of like an M M&M, and M, but, but better. way better. Way better. <laughs> They come in it, a tube still? They don't. They they come Aww. in, they actually, they come in like a square box now. It's almost like they decided that those long, the long rectangular boxes they came in was just a waste of cardboard. We never had a long rectangular box. Oh, boxes. you always had, always had the tubes? We always had Okay. Yeah. So no, they're in like a little cardboard box. Um, Ooh. Yes. So I did enjoy that. And then I enjoyed my, I think it's probably my favorite breakfast place on the planet. Oh, damn. Um, It's this place in Victoria called Jam. And their thing... Is jam? Well, they yes, they do make <laughs> really excellent house jam that changes seasonally with different fruits and stuff. So the one I had last week, it was roasted pear and peach. Mm-hmm. And it was phenomenal. Um, but their signature thing, other than the jam, is that almost all of their breakfasts come on these absolutely enormous buttermilk biscuits that are like the size of your face. And then they wow. pile on everything from fried chicken pulled pork all kinds of different breakfast meats um but then they have my favorite which is green eggs and ham I don't get the ham green eggs green egg eggs makes and them ham green um pesto and spinach
1: oh I was thinking like
0: rotten oh no no it's not like some weird thing no no, no they <laughs> like, just like ch- they, that
1: Chinese egg oh the the, h- the and... hundred
0: year egg or yeah. whatever they call it yeah no not not at all like that it's um so
1: like, that seems a little rad for Canadians yeah
0: they they just scramble I know Canadians are very uh Pretty simple with their cuisine. I don't think they have any weird funky things like that. Um, but yeah, they just scrambled eggs with pesto and spinach. And then because I don't have the ham, they give me avocado free of charge. Ooh. They don't upcharge me for the avocado because I skipped the ham. Um, so it's just this delicious pile of eggs on this enormous biscuit. Did you count macros or did you go... I did not. To heck with that. I'm I, enjoying this. All five days I was in Victoria, I did not count macros and... Um, I did find a great CrossFit gym to drop into. So I did CrossFit every morning and then probably just by playing with my nephews had super active days. I was probably getting like 15, 20,000 steps every day in addition to doing like training in the morning. So I did not worry at all about my macros. Cool. Yeah. I enjoyed every good? bite of that buttermilk biscuit and Aero chocolate bars. <laughs> and do you think you like your weight suffered for it? I don't I think so. I mean, I think when you're that active, I mean, it's kind of like when I go on backpacking trips, like it's not really the time to worry about your diet because you're you're, you, you're using the fuel. I, I mean, like that's <laughs> always one way
1: to think about it. Like for anybody who's trying to change body composition, you can either go hungry and eat yeah. less and just yeah. move the same, or you can increase your movement by a good amount, eat more, yeah. but still be in a deficit. I don't know which
0: one I prefer. Right. Yeah. Eat more. All eat the time. more. <laughs> always wins. I can move only... more yeah. is a good thing to do. I can only imagine. Um, I mean, physically, it would be it'd be harder to like play with the boys. But I think also if I were starving and grumpy, I wouldn't have much patience to play with like a four year old. <laughs> like you'd lose your patience. Oh heck yeah! If you're cranky and hangry. So yeah,
1: like that's a good thing. Like what I just did to myself was eat less and move a lot
0: more. That's yeah. not a fun to jump. I'm glad <laughs> yeah. there
1: were no kids present for me. Yeah, luckily like, you God, did, you didn't have
0: to. Um, yes, yes. How well? I mean, that's 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 a good question. Back to you then. How how was your hanger and things during your cut? <laughs> well, so uh, we mentioned in the last episode. Had I had I started? Yeah. Oh, you I had. Was into it. In the tenth episode, you you were telling people already how you were getting getting, um, getting um, angry and also like kind of having blackouts so... not blackouts,
1: but <laughs> that's <sounds> terrible
0: <laughs> <laughs> things were getting tough in the gym
1: things were getting tough in the gym yes so uh the original plan was to go for what well, would have been just shy of six weeks six weeks yeah um when i started i was like let's see how this goes i've not like tried to cut weight like this like the last time i got super lean three years ago four years ago I was actually reverse dieting. So as I was getting leaner, I was eating more and more and more. So I was not at all hungry. This time around was like the exact opposite, like eat less and less and less as the time goes on. I was sticking with CrossFit and then like doing all this extra cardio. So like row 5K or bike eight miles or walk four miles with a weighted vest and doing that like five times a week too. And I was surprised the actual hanger was not as aggressive as I thought. Okay. Um, it just—I don't know, like how, like there was definitely a couple of days, so, and it—but it was more like that was more early on when it was just like an adjustment, to like oh crap, I can Right, you that. were getting used to. Dang that. it! Yeah. Like week one was like I wasn't really hungry. Like I thought I was hungry on day like two and three. I I was down to nineteen hundred calories. That's not that much. It's not bad. I was just more like, oh gosh, I, I eat... want to eat, I want another <laughs> handful of granola when I walk past that cupboard and now I can't do it, or one glass of wine that's slightly smaller than I'd really like to pour, so it was more of an annoyance. Week okay. two, uh, this one I can blame on hormones, I had a couple of days where like, I was insanely hungry, Like, but you always get insanely hungry just before it's that time of the month, Yep. Yeah. And I was insanely hungry, and then I was doing. I was on the row one day doing like the additional five k row, and I damn I near nearly passed out. Like it took also, but like me being me, wouldn't quit. So like three thousand <laughs> meters in, I was like, "Good lord, um, I, I this, might be this in the of fainting, feel good. but I'm gonna keep pulling." Um, eventually someone will find me here, so I'm just gonna <laughs> just keep going. Didn't pass out, so there we go. Never cardio
0: alone on a deficit. But
1: but after those couple of days. Week two, 1,800 calories, felt fine. At that point, I was lost steady one pound of body fat each week. So I was doing my in-body scan every Monday morning, first thing. Um, week three is when I started to feel like I was running out of reserves. Yeah. Um, so like my plan originally had been to keep doing CrossFit, um, but to maybe back it off a little bit. Apparently, I don't have that ability to back it off a little
0: bit. I feel now, like we knew that. Yeah. We knew that before. I mean, we're saying it like that was a discovery, but I think, I think we knew that about you before. So Backing was, off is not an option. I was
1: <laughs> saved by the fact that it just so happens that this period of time when I was in a deficit... Um, we were doing a lot of sub maximal load. Lifting. Yes,
0: that's true. The programming at the gym kind of was Which not one rep helps, maxes anymore. But like anyways. every time we got near, like to
1: the heavier sets, like after I do a set, I would feel like very light headed. Like like I needed to sit down. Like usually I can recover pretty quick, but you know it was getting to like oh god I got to pick this up again and I'm not sure I trust myself. Um, so week three was when I felt like. As long as my nutrient timing was good, I could still send it at the gym, but the recovery piece was starting to suffer. Like my soreness was very intense for what I had done. My oh, like okay. fatigue
0: was really real. Like afternoon. Yeah, cumulative fatigue as well, right? Yeah. You're not eating a lot of calories.
1: Just like after the time it got to the afternoon, it was just really hard to concentrate. And I was not like, you know, I was looking for trying to read emails or respond to things. And I like my brain just wasn't working quickly. Like I was getting to what I needed to write or needed to say or whatever. But it just it wasn't quick. You know, it was just kind of like running through some sort of sludge. Like (laughs) I'm still running, but I'm not really making any progress at any great sort of speed. So it wasn't that wasn't a great feeling. I just felt like I was slowing down. And the coldness. Like, I'm known for being cold. Like, I'm sitting here right now wearing (laughs) leggings and sweatpants on top inside my house. And fuzzy Um, slippers. And fuzzy slipper socks. I'm always cold, but week three was when I was just, like, cold in a way that was starting to make me feel, like, almost like I was about to get the flu kind of cold. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, we actually had a heat wave right around then. And so it was, like, 80 degrees outside, and I was sitting inside with a puffy jacket on. Just like, oh, cannot warm up. And I noticed, like, I just, I started to feel... I was finding it, like, harder to be positive about things. Um, I was starting to kind of just feel flat, you know, like, all over, like, emotionally flat. I felt like my muscles were looking flat because they're all deflated because they've got nothing in them to give. Yeah, um, yeah. Still able to show up and send it, but obviously recovery was bad. By this stage, I had now lost three pounds of body fat, which really doesn't sound like a lot.
0: Well... But by comparison, what was your so, what was the total body fat mass so in your I body? So I
1: started at fourteen point seven percent body fat, and I was the proud owner of nineteen point seven pounds of body fat.
0: Right. So out of nineteen point seven, three pounds is actually a significant percentage. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: then, like week four rolled around, and I noticed that um, my sympathetic nervous system wouldn't shut down. Like Mm. I was getting, it was like I had drunk 10 cups of coffee all in a row, all of the time, like just kind of like wired and you were kind of amped up, almost like nervous and panicky slightly. It was like a really weird feeling. Like I was ready to just kind of like fight or run. I was going to say that's interesting. So like,
0: I mean, physiologically I can imagine that makes sense, right? As you start to deplete the stores of energy your body uses. Is that, have you seen that in other clients or is that common where like your body kind of goes into like a fight or flight? I've never pattern? put any of my clients. Oh, that's true. In that's true. Position. Your clients actually have done this. <laughs> I have not. That's a good thing. Just so you know, um, I'm
1: not that kind of a person. Um, this was a purely like an, an experiment on me. Um, the, the, it was really weird. Um, I, I probably have experienced it before back in the day when I like had a bad relationship with food, eating disorder. But yeah, it was like constantly kind of my heart rate was feeling jacked up. I was like yeah. antsy and nervous and I couldn't sleep well. I couldn't stay asleep. I would fall asleep because I was exhausted, but I couldn't stay asleep. Hmm. Um, and Which when also I,
0: I'm sure did not help with recovery then. Yeah,
1: so the recovery was trash by now. And then when I had my coffee in the morning, because I love coffee, I would like feel like I put it in my veins directly or something. (laughs) I was just like, oh my God, now I've got caffeine jitters. I don't know what to do with it. Oh my goodness. And I think on the Tuesday of week four, we had a workout which was like heavy or building to like heavy back rack lunges, which is not something I've done a lot of. We generally do a lot of. And I didn't really have any numbers to compare. And I went to like decently heavy, like I think 150 pounds or something. Yeah. And I weighed... At your time. body weight on your back. I weighed More like 135 on pounds. Yeah. And so there's that Then there was some other squatting and then I did like my extra cardio stuff and then woke up Wednesday morning to go to the gym because um, I trained at 6 a.m. on Wednesday morning and I would expect to be sore, right? Any kind of lunging, squatty thing where yeah. you're heavy, you
0: going to be sore. I remember that day. I was very... my, but All kinds of things were sore.
1: I woke up... Obviously really sore, but I felt really wrong. Like just like my body was kind of going, I I'm not doing this for much longer, FYI. Yeah. Like this yeah, this doesn't feel good. Something is gonna give it's like strain overload. Like yeah. I'm sure if you'd like tested cortisol markers or something yeah. like that, it would have been like off the charts bad and, and that's starting, that's tough
0: at the gym that's like when people get injured probably right it's like because like you know, body is like telling them like dude you're not recovered you're not ready for this yeah
1: <laughs> like, and it's counterproductive training and like that morning that wednesday morning like i've been to the gym many times where i've been like Ugh, don't really feel it but you know usually i can find something within the hour of time there that i'm like okay i'm, I'm gonna good. enjoy this bit yes i like, cleared challenge. like the mental but and yeah. everything's fine but that morning i was like I, I didn't, like, I was pissed at myself for feeling shitty. I was pissed at the workout <laughs> for making me feel more shitty. I was pissed at being at the gym, but then I knew that if I had got not gone to the gym, I would have been, like, mad at myself for, mm-hmm. like, failing to get to the gym. And I just, at no point did I feel good mentally or physically being there. Oh, wow. And that's where I was like, wow, I'm in a really bad place. And... Maybe this should, like, end
0: soon. I mean, and... yeah. When when I think about when we did those top ten lists, like the top ten things we love about lifting, right? I mean, I don't think anyone who listened to you go down the list of all the things you love about lifting would ever think that you would describe the gym like that. Like, oh, no. Like, you were no. angry that you're like, right? Like, that, you are not the same person as the person who would do that top ten list.
1: I was like, it was, it's kind of weird, like, when you're in a place that you love and it, you just... It feels so alien to you in that moment, so I was like, "Oh, this isn't this isn't good." Um, kept it going. I got on the in body scanner again the following Monday, so start of what would have been week five. And I had initially been like, "Okay, week five is going to be the lowest of the low. It was going to be like fifteen hundred
0: calories." <laughs> that sounds like um, so little. <laughs> fifteen hundred calories, and yet, like... like you know, how
1: many people that I've seen track food for the first time will tell me that they've they've previously tracked food. And 1,500 calories seems like a lot I know. to them. And
0: there are a wild. lot of people out there, I mean, women especially, but maybe not only women who eat, like, they think 1,200 calories a day is, like, what you're supposed to eat. And I'm like, what?
1: Like, I just want to, like, <laughs> take them I really My one like-
0: breakfast at jam was probably
1: 1,200 calories. Yes, yeah. I want, <laughs> I like, I really want this, if if nothing more comes out of this, then to, like, really hammer home the point that, like, you know, I'm not a big gigantic human that burns tons and tons and tons of calories, but when I try to eat less than 1,600 calories a day, my body is breaking down. Yeah, it is literally
0: crying for help, and yeah. you know, starting to put well, me in a place where I feel terrible. On that in body scan, right, there's a section that tells you your the the calorie consumption that mm-hmm. just being alive takes, right? Like, so what is that number for you? 1,538. Is your B- BMR? Well, it's technically it's resting, me- resting metabolic rate. Resting so metabolic to rate.
1: See, to keep me alive, sitting on my ass, doing nothing, not eating, not moving, nothing.
0: Just laying there all just day. Just
1: laying there is 1,538 calories. That's amazing,
0: right? So if you're cutting down to like 1,600.
1: So I was eating on my final my week four, I ate 1,600 calories. And sometimes, honestly, it was less than that because I wanted to have a glass of wine. And like you know, your body doesn't absorb calories the same way. Right, from so you trade off. Or, yeah, you know, may have been even less. Um, so on top of that, I moved. I ate food, not a lot of it, but I ate it. Yeah. <laughs> but but even just calories. getting up
0: off the couch, I adds did crossfit. Oh, Sometimes gosh.
1: lifting yeah. more than I weigh. I did extra cardio for anywhere from thirty minutes to the best part of an hour. Yeah. So you can imagine and
0: then I So your body was like, What is going on? And I'm trying to go to
1: work every day and function (laughs) as a reasonably intelligent human being and run my nutrition coaching thing and go in and coach CrossFit and it just doesn't work. Like you can't function in any kind of a good way like that. And I think, you know, week three is where I got the kick up the ass of like Mm -hmm. this this we can't sustain this much longer before something bad starts to happen. And then week four is when I just felt honestly sick. I mean, I'd still show up and push myself hard at the gym, and I still stuck to like not once. And this goes back to our episode of like you gotta want it. Like not once did I exceed my macro intake, no matter how
0: right. You were very strict. Yeah.
1: Painful yeah. that experience yeah. was. Um, but anyway, I got on the in body scan after week four. I had already sort of gotten to the point of like the realization I don't need to go to fifteen hundred calories. I you were have, still losing weight. I so have what? lost yeah. a pound You're of body fat, body fat. Yeah. every week. I had I kept all of my muscle mass because I made sure to put the right calories from the right sources into my body pre and post training, mm-hmm. and then went hungry other times. Um, but I got on the in body scanner. And it showed me another pound had gone. So I by this stage had fifteen point six pounds of body fat left. In your in full my body. whole body. Um, and was eleven point six percent body fat. Whoa. Which is the leanest I've been as a healthy adult
0: my entire life. I mean that's that's so lean. That's like right, that's down to numbers that are like lean for for men who mm-hmm. naturally are going to carry less body weight or body fat, and the 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 kind of like
1: another sort of teachable moment here is that you know particularly females, males have it too that we all have kind of like the area of our body where we're like God, I just want like my stomach to be flat or my butt to be smaller or right, whatever, right. or my arms to be more firm. Or, Mine is always my butt, you know, we mentioned it before. Yeah. Like I spent my entire <laughs> life wishing that thing would quit following me around everywhere. <laughs> uh. And when I'm down at 11.6% body fat, where there's basically no fat left anywhere from like my ribcage upwards, yeah, um, yeah, there's very little fat left in my legs. Because, yeah, I mean, anything most around of that my fat midsection is
0: like probably protecting organs and doing different things. So, yeah, like, like anything around
1: my midsection now is basically just like skin, Skin. <laughs> but I still had fat left in my butt, well, which yeah. goes to show yeah. you, right? Yeah. Genetically, that's where I store my body fat. Yep. For me to get that butt to go down anymore, just think of how unhealthy I oh, need yeah. to become. Oh, yeah, like sick, sick
0: unhealthy, unhealthy. Yep. which
1: really kind of highlights like the trade off. Like, am I willing? To be basically sick and starving for the rest of my life just to have a teeny tiny little butt. Hard pass.
0: Right. A lot of people do make that choice, right? I mean, that's, like, I feel like I I really appreciate this, like, conversation and checking in. Because, like, I really feel like that's what people see is, like, I want the small fill in the blank. If it's butt, legs, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Um, And that's the only thing they focus on. Mm -hmm. And no one really talks about the... The brain fog, the the hate, starting to hate your favorite things, the, like, not sleeping well. Like, there's so many things that go along with chasing the, those those singular goals without realizing how much actually you have to give up to get them. Because
1: I mean, you can just, reach
0: them. You probably can. ask you yourself, like, when was the
1: last time I felt
0: good? Yeah. Like, really good. Like, what does
1: good mean? When did I last feel good? And... It certainly wasn't in the last two weeks of doing that to myself. So I saw that in body scan. I saw the result. I was like, okay, I'm 41 years old. Body still responds to this kind of stuff <laughs> pretty effectively. Check. I can still dive in and be a really strict macro counter if I choose to do it. Yep. Check. Um, I am, um, you know, lean to the point of like, yeah, what am I trying to prove here? Yep. Do, do I really need to go to 10% body fat and risk, you know, doing myself an injury somewhere along the line? And I think the biggest thing was, you know, I had been prepared for the performance to slip, for recovery to be difficult. I was prepared for being cold and brain fog and just being a little slow. Um, I was not
0: at all prepared for my sympathetic nervous system to just yeah, lose it. That's an interesting, that, that's, Definitely the part that, uh, yeah, I feel like I haven't heard and about before and talked
1: to someone about. The flip side of that, so basically after four weeks, I was like, I think I'm good. And I had always, like, I started this thing saying, like, if I get to a point yeah. where it's difficult or where I'm just like, okay, cool, let, let's call that I'm like, I'm not actually going to go stand on a stage and, you know, flex right, and stuff. Right. <laughs> so I, I don't have to hang in there and I have to remember that that's not my sole focus in life. I have all these other things that I have to yeah. be able to show up for. Um, So I called it, um, and, you know, like, cool, sweet. What I have found, and it's still happening, um, I think it's fading a little bit, and I think that it is related to, like, jacked-up cortisol levels, Mm -hmm. is I am now, like, obsessed with sugar.
0: (laughs) You came out of it with a sweet I tooth?
1: I have never really been a sweet tooth person. Like, every now and again, you know, I I like chocolate. I like, you know, macarons. I like things like that. But I've never been typically like, oh my God, I need to eat a pint of ice cream.
0: I, I really yeah, need to. Yeah, like the craving sugar. Yeah. That's... I'm
1: more of a, I'd I would I'd have a bag of chips before
0: chocolate. Absolutely.
1: But, um, just putting myself in such a depleted state, in such a big deficit, and probably jacking up my cortisol levels and I have not had blood work done so this is purely like theoretical. Yeah, right, right. The you know in that kind of fight or flight state it's like like I described as kind of like a sense of panic. Mm-hmm. And when you eat sugar, it's actually your cortisol can make you crave sugar because when you eat sugar it actually calms I was the brain right the down. chemical rea- and reaction you know, that which is to why a lot of people self-soothe with yeah with you know, sweet candy and sweets and... and things like that. So, I mean, there's an element of just like, oh, my God, give me glycogen stores. Yeah. You know, that moment should have been gone by now because it's been like two weeks. Did your muscles puff back up? Yeah. (laughs) it's great. I
0: was like, oh, hello. Hello, muscles. You're no longer flat (laughs) and dry. Um, So, yeah, I'm hoping this phase will pass because I I don't want to be craving sugar. It is interesting the way your body like, yeah, it makes sense that it would crave some things because it's trying to right itself, right? And so it's. Yeah.
1: And I'm I'm trying to listen to it without, like, I've never binge eaten in my entire life. Never. But honestly, there was a couple of days, like, just before I pulled the plug and then post pulling the plug, where, good Lord, it's been close. (laughs) Like, so close. And I'm like, wow. And I, like, caught it and I was like, all right. Right.
0: That's why you've been sharing the pie, because you're worried you're going to eat the whole pie. Oh, I would have done.
1: Like... (laughs) i made pumpkin pie and i genuinely legitimately would have eaten the whole thing easily
0: wow That's
1: so interesting so yeah it's uh that was a surprise the whole, that is like the cortisol thing like i could have i could have hung in there for another week and been hungry for another week and stayed cold right right i could have kept showing up at the gym and fought the urge to pass out but when that happened i was like no yeah this this is is going into territory where i feel weird Yeah, i don't just feel like normal shitty i feel like something's wrong
0: (laughs) well and i mean that's it's a great lesson right because one of the other things like in addition to proving to yourself you know you can do this your body will respond to things all this it was also as a coach right you're like okay now if i have a client who comes to me and says Mm -hmm. they want to train for a physique show or they want to do this kind of thing like that's pretty powerful knowledge to be able to share with them. Yep. Like, okay, and here's all the things you're going to feel, here's what we need to keep an eye on, like...
1: Or anybody who who's like, okay, I really, really want to cut weight, and be like, okay, I know, especially if it's like, I need to cut weight by this time for something right Right, competitions, weight class, sports, stuff like that. Yeah. I can, you know, I, 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 I can empathize, I understand the experience, I know what is going to happen, what to look out for, what it feels like. But I also know for anybody who's just literally saying, I want to cut away as quickly as possible for no good reason. It's like, here are the trade-offs. Right. Like, the reality is that being purposefully starving Mm -hmm. during the day and being, like, behind the curve and lackluster in performance across the board is crap. (laughs) It's not fun. It's not fun. And, like, (laughs) it's very... And I'm not trying to blow smoke up my own ass here, but I am a very disciplined human being. Like, yes. I'm wired yes, you are. that yes. way. So to do something like this to myself, it's by no means easy at all. It's not easy. But I can lock it in and do it for, like, if I know it's like this yeah. amount of time. here's the
0: finite amount of time. I mean, that's... Yeah. But it is an incredibly hard thing to do. Yeah. There is no fun in it. I always feel like the, the one thing... Um you know, comparable experiments, perhaps in like terms of, you know, changing your body for a specific reason, um, that I'm always curious about is like weight class sports. So like if I were to enter an Olympic lifting competition and needed to qualify for a certain weight class, like, but with that, you're like, you want to trim weight so you can be in a lower weight class but then you want to make sure you're the strongest person in that weight class, right? Mm -hmm. So you're, you're lowering your overall body weight, but with the sole, like one goal of maintaining all your strength. I always thought that would be an interesting balance too, because then you're, you're trying to maximize performance along with changing the number on the scale. I mean, I
1: think it's like, it's all about sort of timing, like, I was able to feel good again pretty damn quick. Yeah. This was not long enough for me to go to a place where I did some damage that needed reversing. Like four weeks, you know, it's a short period of time. You can suck it up. You can lose that weight. And like I showed, maintain all of the muscle mass. And then it's just a matter of like making sure you have enough time to get enough food back in your body so you
0: can recover, fill your muscles back up. And I assume with weight uh, class energy. athletes, as soon as they get that weigh in well, done, they're eat. they're fueling for whatever yes. they need. Yeah. And actually, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because that I also think it's pretty remarkable to do any kind of cut um, where there's significant fat loss that doesn't also come along with a little bit of muscle loss, right? Because that's mm-hmm. that's fairly common that. Yeah, your body is consuming things as you're pushing it, you know, to to still burn calories but not give it as many calories of fuel. Um but you said you you managed to keep the exact same amount of lean mass. Exact
1: same lean mass. But I would say that's another reason for like kind of pulling when I did. If I had gone on for much longer,
0: that my, might not. Your have been body's sustainable. not just going to
1: like if if you lost 100% of your body fat, you would die.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so your body is simply not going to let that
0: happen. Your body will start eating its muscle soon. when you get yeah. to that
1: point of like, yeah. oh shit, this is like really low, your body wants to get rid of your muscle mass because keeping muscle alive is expensive. Like right. It takes You're a right. lot of yeah. energy. The keeping fat mass for that is... doesn't really cost a whole hell of a lot. So I would say I was right on the cusp um, of things trading up where yeah. like suddenly the fat you know, my body's going to go, oh, hang on, hang on. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> we lost all
0: the fat we want to. Now we're going to shift over to eating something 15 else. pounds of body yeah. fat
1: and we're going to start chewing through muscle. And, yeah. you know, that would have been a bad experience. And I could tell just, like, from overall, like, how I was feeling, you know, I was on the verge of that was the next yeah. phase.
0: Because I'm, I'm just always curious about that because I, you know, I love to backpack you know, go on, on multi-day backpacking trips. And, um, as I've done some of that while also paying attention more to body composition and and fuel and calorie loss and stuff like that, um, doing in-body scans like before and after a long backpacking trip, um, I've never once been able to do a multi-day backpacking trip without losing a, a, a fair chunk of lean mass. Because mm-hmm. like, you know, with a forty-pound pack on your back, walking anywhere from six to twelve miles a day, you know you're you're getting into the world of burning like seven, eight thousand calories probably. Dory agrees, and yeah, that's Dory. She, she speaking her squeaky speaking hedgehog. Her hedgehog agreement there. To agree with you, um, right? That like it'd be so nice yeah. if I could backpack without losing my muscle mass, but it's just like right, you can't. Your body needs to fuel itself, <laughs> so.
1: Still what my friend did when she treks to the South Pole. Eat butter. Straight up. Keto. Oh, you just go keto
0: and... Oh, that's... Oh. Just a jam, like, thousands of I guess that's true. Thousands she, of calories. she was and eating... I
1: still wouldn't do that because I can't stand butter. But I would find other ways of just, like, I... oh. consuming, like, I don't know, 10,000 calories, whatever it is a day.
0: Yes. You're right. And when you're on your way to something like the South Pole, I'm sure you're
1: you can't afford not to start thinking about downhill. oh my lean
0: mass is being consumed <laughs> no
1: you just peel off all the layers at the other end and be like where did i go where's my body what happened yeah. to me wow. it's like crossing oceans when i used to do like really gnarly atlantic ocean crossings in the winter and you'd get to the other end you'd finally go for a shower i remember one time we just got beaten up it was just <laughs> and i was just freezing cold and it was brutal and we we arrived back in england just before christmas and i'm Took off all my sailing gear, hadn't seen what I looked like for three weeks. It was ugly. Um, <laughs> got all the sailing gear off and was literally like, oh God, where did I go? You lost on the f- a ton of weight. Oh, you didn't? I was yeah, you, like, just emaciated. Oh God. <laughs> but on the flip side, it's just before Christmas, so I'm like, woohoo, let's go to town. Usually the time of I year a, when I had a yes. fun Christmas. Like everyone else you was could like, have had a whole like, oh gosh, I'm gaining weight and I'm like, <laughs> bring I want to
0: gain weight. Oh, yes.
1: Which kind of was, like, the one nice thing, like, what doing this little experiment at this sort of time is, like, now I'm
0: like, oh, well,
1: you know, I've got room to fill out a little bit. That is true. Instead
0: of waiting till January, when usually that's, I don't know, the percentage of people when they that, that have a New Year's resolution related to eating less in some way.
1: But the other, the other cool thing about this time around doing this... Um, because when I macro counted in 2017, it definitely, like, raised a few, like, read a few ugly issues from the past yeah. and a few insecurities. This time, not at all. And, like, when I... I like to be lean. Don't get me wrong. I really like being on the leaner side. But I was also, like, the trade-off of all the other side effects. Yeah. I want to, like, I really... I walked away from this... Absolutely knowing that I value performance yeah. over aesthetics,
0: yeah, and that
1: yeah. I absolutely value feeling good in the gym. And those this last couple of weeks, I felt so yeah. good in the gym and going in and even doing stuff which is like, oh, my hands are sore. I don't want to do that again. I'm still you smiling. You were just like, I'm, I'm just like, so I'm just grateful <laughs> to be here, feeling good. Yeah. And if my ass. Grows right back again. So be it. I don't have to look at that thing. Yep, that ass will
0: support better squat cleans. So there you go.
1: So you know, (laughs) that's cool for me. Like to to realize that in the last four years, through and a lot of it's come through like studying a lot of nutrition stuff, being a coach to so many different kinds of people. You know, thinking about the things that I say to other people and how I might apply that to myself. I mean a vastly different place to eat, like 4 years ago. Like, I didn't even realize 4 years ago I was still kind of sort of screwed up a little bit about food stuff.
0: Yeah. Now,
1: yeah. totally different place. That's awesome. That's pretty sweet. I'm very happy about that.
0: More fuzzies, more fuzzies. Experiment <laughs> over and our our listeners kind of yeah, they got now a few podcasts through this whole process with So, with, you know, with if the journey if,
1: if you're looking for a full week Ditch as much body fat for a good reason. I'm your girl. Um, I'll help you out. I can walk you through it. But the most, I would say, I want to add this point to it, is that, and I did say this, on I think on the last podcast, that doing something like this, it takes a plan yes, to get into it. Yes, we did talk about but that. But it also absolutely takes a plan to, to get, get out, out of it of and it. to make sure you set some very clear boundaries of like, if this happens, then we pull the plug.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, we mentioned again today, but certainly last time too, it's like, yeah, when you start feeling like you might pass out by being on, you know, a cardio machine, like, it's like, okay, you take note of those things. Those are, for a lot of people who maybe aren't as aware as you are of, like, what your limits are in the gym, like, that's that's a red flag to be like, okay, some things, you know.
1: Now, when things start to go from feeling just uncomfortable to weird. Right. Or, you know, wrong. Yeah. It's a
0: sure sign of like, okay. I'm from, for me, my like sleep is always such a big indicator. Like when I am stressed, when I'm like stressed enough at work or something where it's like starting to affect my sleep, that's when I like generally am like, okay, I need to address whatever the root causes are. Cause I, I know that, yeah, sleep disruption is one of my red flags.
1: There you go. So all Performance right. over aesthetics, people. Uh yes. We're live by that. Uh, and and more. I mean, we
0: did we 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 did promise though our our listeners at some point that um, we would post some of the pose pictures though. So <laughs> I will. I know. I need, I need. To Doesn't put that have up. to be the episode cover, up. but we just need to like. Well, we'll put them in an Instagram story and tag tag the podcast. So there you go. Because that learned. was a fun bit, learning those. Really hilarious poses. I'm, I'm not very good at them. I are like, I'm totally hard. like out of the
1: Talladega Nights, that scene where he's like, I don't know what to do with my I hands. I don't know what that to do with my hands. totally me. And all those pictures, I'm like, what is happening with my Well, hands? and
0: you, when you look at the professional bodybuilders who do those shows, their hands are doing very weird things. Like, yeah. they're in these, like, very, com- like, Kinda, seem, like, complicated. Really,
1: it's like, they're really rigid, but also graceful at the same time. Yeah. I like, don't know how to do yeah. that. Yeah. I don't have graceful in my genetic code. <laughs> um... But anyway, um, enough about me and my crazy stuff. <laughs> At the beginning of this episode, I mentioned the whole concept of doing a destination postcard. And the reason why I thought this would be like a fun little thing to play with on air, it's a really useful exercise. You can use it sort of anywhere in life. Like if you're thinking about starting a business or okay, digging up school or working towards wanting to be fitter, healthier, change your body composition, anything like that. And the reason I thought of this was last night Rachel came over for a piece of my delicious pumpkin pie. Oh, so good. And wine pie. pie and wine. Um, and you, we got to talking about like your coaching, and you kind of questioned, like I was thinking like, do I even need a coach anymore? Oh yeah, a coach? yeah, yeah. You know, does it add any value? I'm not sure. Et cetera, et cetera. So I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um. So I want to imagine like usually I'd be like, hey. Think of a scenario you'd like to work towards, but I want this to be like focused on kind of like your health, fitness, wellness, body composition. Okay. Sort of goals. Oh, okay. All right. So we're going to start and I want you to think of like a point in the future. It could be one, three, five years ahead. Some people find five years too unrealistic, but like a realistic time frame in the future and imagine the best possible scenario for Rachel. In terms of your health, fitness, wellness, body composition, how you look and feel. I'll give you a hot second. If you need to close your eyes to visualize okay. this. So now I'm just is... visualize
0: that version of myself. Yeah. Like
1: okay. Somewhere that, you know, if you arrive there and say if it's three years ahead, you'd be really, really, really damn pleased about. She's thinking hard. You got something? I, I do. Sort of formulating? We're, like, we're yeah. going to explore it. Okay. Okay, All I got right. something. So, how far ahead are we looking? Um, about probably two years. Two years? Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: And in those two years' time, like, what, what do you want? Health, fitness, wellness, body composition, what do you want that to look like?
0: So, like, what did it look like at the end of that two years? Yeah, what two what years' I mean time
1: in your, in your perfect scenario.
0: Um, okay, so it's it's... Definitely related to um, a goal, and I'm not. I'm not sure this would be the specific one, but for the sake of this exercise, I'm going to say um, the. It's the version of myself that does like, the John Muir Trail or the Tahoe Rim Trail, like a like a two to three week through hike.
1: Okay. And. So anything else like so you're hiking obviously what have you done to be in the best shape for that trail like how have you okay so
0: so yeah so that to to be that person um the like the kind of the, it it's the perfect balance of like strength and endurance okay so um really you know Strong, well, certainly strong lower body, strong upper body. Supporting a backpack weight is always something I think of because last time I did a big trip, my legs were really strong, but my shoulders and upper back were actually what I felt was the limit. Um, So just like, you know, really just solid strength. Um, The endurance part is the part I, I feel like I don't have now and that would be the the biggest thing to work on is like the kind of strength and endurance to do a really long day of backpacking but then actually do that 20 days in a row
1: 20 days yeah
0: like like the john muir trail is like a it's 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 generally takes people three weeks um right so that so would you i know you're doing this solo or are you doing um, this in a group no i mean i would do this with other people i don't think i would do the whole trip solo I've kind of wanted to do a solo trip, but... Would um, you do, like, sections of solo? Yeah, maybe a section of it solo, yeah. Because there's there's definitely a mental piece to these, like, through hikes that is also something I don't feel like I've done, which is, like, just that mental grit to get up, pack up your bed, your tent, everything, put it all on your back again, and start walking over and over and over again every single day for, like, three weeks. So as you're training and preparing for this, like what, what does that even
1: look like? You mentioned like strong legs, you mentioned strong upper body, you mentioned endurance and you've also mentioned like the mindset mental piece. So what does your training and preparation look
0: like? Okay. So really specific strength training. Like I think CrossFit is like functional fitness in general is great for backpacking. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there would, you know, just be a lot of accessory work that I've already done in phases of, you know, the black iron trail programming I've done that's like really specific to like, yeah, lower, lower body step-ups, all that kind of stuff. Um, that makes you, yeah, just as strong as possible in those big muscles that are working. Um, also some mobility stuff because right. I mean, um, healthy knees. I always worry about my knees and my ankles. So like that kind of accessory work. Um, the mental piece, I don't know if I, i like, I'm not even sure I know how, how to have a plan for that.
1: Oh, interesting. Right, because I
0: don't, we don't, well, unless we're you. <laughs> I think you're good <laughs> at this because of, like, your past, you know, career sailing and all that kind of stuff. Like, I'm not really sure I know how to practice, like, putting myself into that kind of headspace and discomfort over and over and over again, day in, day out. And I don't know how you, I, I don't know help. how you recreate That right, like there you go. Maybe maybe is that so? I feel like that would be a piece I would need to research and consult, right? Like (laughs) so,
1: as you're this like super strong, solid mindset athlete, trail Mm -hmm. athlete. I want to call you a trail trail athlete. athlete. Yeah, okay. Setting off on your Tahoe Rim Trail, your twenty day expedition. How do you want to feel about where you are at, like physically, in like? As a healthy, I've just trained for this, I'm ready, I'm prepared. Like, how do you want to feel about
0: your body, I guess, is the good question. Um, I just want to feel confident in the hours of preparation I've put in. Right? Like, I always love those, you know, those kind of, like martial arts sort of, like, comparisons of, like, you know, you're never afraid of the person that's done, like, a thousand kicks one times each. Mm -hmm. You're afraid of the ones who's done one single kick a thousand times, right? Like, that idea that, like, going into something, being, like, confident, like, I've done this. I've done this and the components of this work enough times that my body knows what it's going to do. Put in the reps. Put in the reps. So you trust your Um, body. Yeah. So there's that trust and confidence in the ability of my body. Um... And then I think along with that, the way I want to feel is also like a curiosity about the unknown. Because I feel like, right, like even with all that preparation, I don't think you can ever, as much as I like to as a planner, ever imagine all the contingencies. And obviously in backpacking and mountain sports, you know this from sailing, what's Mm -hmm. the one thing you can never control? the weather mm-hmm. <laughs> like yes. right so like also having like a curiosity about like how my body if it's a physical challenge or just my mind and my attitude will react to like the unknown
1: so while you're working towards this and you're building all like the, the strength and, and like body and mind and confidence and putting in your reps who's supporting you Like who is around you enabling you to be this awesome person
0: Well, it sounds like you're probably going to be there because of the mindset piece, whether or not you like it. <laughs> um, you're just going to be there. Like hey, I feel like here. you're the person uh, that, that I will ask a lot of these questions of, of like that the mind, yeah, the mindset piece. Um, I mean, I think I will, I will definitely have at least one, two or more people doing this with me, because I think. Right. So, like, I feel like the physical training, I want to have a trait, like a training partner in that. Not necessarily doing everything together, but like somebody who's also going through the same training. So, you know, I've mostly backpacked with like a, a relatively small group of friends. They're not all even local. So, um, a physical training partner for sure. Um, conversations with, yeah, people who have done the trip before or things like it before that have more of like the mindset experience piece. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm just like a learner. Like I want to like listen to other people's stories. So you want to be surrounded Um, by
1: people who have experience. Yeah. Can help you be prepared.
0: Yeah. And
1: so like in terms of getting your physical fitness in your body into the best
0: condition Mm -hmm. for this, like who's helping you with that? Uh, well, I mean, probably multiple Coaches, right? I mean, Black Iron Trail programming is programmed by two really badass women. Um, so even if I'm not directly interacting with them, right, those are those are coaches who are part of it. Um, I feel like locally I have a gym with coaches and training partners and stuff that would be around. Um, so coaches feature... For sure. Really high. Yeah. You feel like you
1: need coaches in your corner yeah. to get you to a position where you could... Yeah. Like, feel like you've put in good reps. Even if
0: they're virtual coaches, right? Because, like, I... I mean, it's kind of like when we subscribe to, like, Power Abs or something, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like I consider Carrie Pierce my coach, per se, but it is, like, somebody's system. Like, I'm a very systematic person. So... And I like... I, I don't really come up with my own systems when it comes to, like, physical training. Like, I don't have that background or enough knowledge to do that. So, so yes, I would say a team of coaches. <laughs> what do you value in a coach?
1: Like, what is important to you? If you bring, so you're assembling your team of people, you want to be in the best shape possible, you want to put in lots of reps, but mm-hmm. quality reps that actually mm-hmm. lead you to something. What do you value in that team of coaches like what does a coach need to bring um
0: for me I would say expertise and experience mm-hmm. the expertise like right like I, I mean I do I'm a very naturally skeptical person and also like I'm a I'm an academic at heart myself so like if someone has like shitty research I'll be like dude even I know, like, right? Like I have sources too, or something, you know, like I'm kind of skeptical like that. So I really do, um, I have a higher threshold maybe of like trusting an expert. Um, and I also, I, I totally, I mean, I want a coach who has the actual experience, right? Cause you can be a great coach with book learning or like, right? Like have all that expertise, but personal experience I feel like is also, Because also, if I were doing something like this that I've never done before, that's so much bigger than anything I've done before, it's kind of like what you did in this cut experiment, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you can now tell clients you've put your own body through it, Mm -hmm. and that absolutely lends itself, right, to, like, why you would be the right coach. So, um...
1: So how about, I mean, in terms of, you know, we've spoken about having a coach for, like, the physical fitness side of things. You mentioned the trail programming. How about getting your, like body ready in terms of like nutrition like yeah is, is I that mean kind of a coach feature or do you feel like you have a good grasp on how to fuel yourself for something like yeah, that yeah that's interesting because I didn't yeah I mean that's true I didn't immediately
0: think because of because you mentioned when we were talking coach. about it
1: last night you mentioned about you know there was one phrase we were talking about I think sweatpants I mean if I'm ever small enough
0: oh you, but well, yes would, we were talking about my obsession with leggings and how I bought would, a pair that was uh, too small and it, now I wonder if I'll ever wear them <laughs>
1: When you're thinking about being super strong and, oh. you know, you mentioned the word solid and all the rest of it to do a 20-day hike, which sounds crazy, is your, like, for the nutrition part, is having a coach helping to prepare you and get you to be well-fueled for a trip like this and prepare your body in the next two years something important? Yeah. And if so, what is what what do you need from them? Like, is it, I need to try and be as lean as possible or actually to be this person? I need my coach to show me how to be as strong as possible. Yeah, it's
0: that. It's definitely that. And not only like, yeah, I mean, obviously getting smaller. How much can I eat? Getting smaller does not have a place in this plan. You're right. Like it's, it would be how to fuel myself. I mean, two years between now and then, this theoretical time, right? I do think I would probably still cycle through some like cuts maybe but more just to, like, continue to find that optimal balance. But I think in, like, the six months leading up to the start of something like this, I would actually need to gain weight. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I would need to be bigger at the beginning because of what you said. You know, after you peel off your clothes at the end of something, like, I there's no way I'll be able to consume enough calories to outweigh what I'll be burning on a trip like this. So So I actually need, I I need to bulk. Yeah, because I would need to bulk in a way that I don't think I've ever done before. Okay. I've never put on weight so that I could be big enough to afford to lose it over time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, good point. All right. So So at least in the six months, even perhaps longer leading up to that, um, yeah, I'd probably need someone to guide me through how to pack on some weight some muscle and some like reserve storage. That's fat.
1: important enough there too. Because
0: um, And I'm not going to eat a stick of butter. So it's no, got to be a that. coach that can tell me how to do it without eating sticks of butter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. I mean, if it's a coach that makes me pumpkin pie. Oh, okay. I'll bulk on some pumpkin pie. It's <laughs> will charge extra for cooking.
1: <laughs> um, so what are some of the things in this scenario that you may do or habits you may have right now that no longer serve you being this person
0: that would no longer serve that person yeah
1: your, your future person that's about it has been preparing and getting ready to do this epic hike of a lifetime is there anything any habits in your routines of behavior anything in your life that you currently do that would no longer serve you as that person as future Rachel, wow, this
0: is tough. I feel like I, I'm like I'm.
1: You may not. You may be living a really well balanced, healthy life right no. now. I mean, um... not have anything
0: that. So I kind of feel like one of the things that probably wouldn't serve that person well, um, is like. Actually, the the kind of phase I'm in now, which is the constant pursuit of, like, more weight on the bar, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: right? Like, the kinds of sports I actually really enjoy in terms of, like, mountain sports and stuff like that, um, I don't need a 300-pound back squat or, or like, a 300-pound deadlift even, right? Like, I don't need big lifting numbers. I need really good movement patterns and, like, I need my body to be safe doing lots of repetitious stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of funny that this conversation has gone there because that's something I've been thinking about lately of I finally just hit a CrossFit total benchmark I've been chasing for a while and now I'm like, oh, do I need to go up from there? Like, do I need to set another number? And I'm not convinced I do. Um, So maybe that, maybe like this, Weight, I mean weightlifting is is something I would rethink because I'm not sure how it would serve that that goal in that person
1: okay
0: um, and probably like my like very committed like macro counting also mm-hmm. right like I think like I think it um, the conversation I just had with you where I expressed concern that I lose lean mass when I go hiking like that mindset isn't going to serve that person well. Right. That person's going to have to be totally fine with losing a bunch of lean mass. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And probably totally fine knowing that it's all you can get it all back again.
0: Right, right. I mean, that's true. Yeah.
1: So when you, as you think about being this person, how does it make you feel? Like right now, you know, you've been chasing like you just like CrossFit total numbers and, you know, rigorous macro counting and thinking about like, will I ever fit in this pair of leggings or tights or whatever it is? <laughs> This person is quite different in Mm -hmm. many ways, Mm -hmm. similar in a lot of ways, of Mm -hmm. course, it's you. Um, But when you think about being this person, how does it make you feel?
0: It feels pretty exciting. Like, I I really, I mean, I totally want to be that person. Um, Because the sense of accomplishment of doing something like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, no pun intended, would outweigh... I feel like what i achieved on like maybe the crossfit total or something like right like um because it will take so much more work and so i don't know i mean this conversation is making me very excited about actually like making this a reality like i need to it's two years out is actually the reasonable time to start thinking about a permit anyway for doing these trips (laughs) so What, you're you're this person, your future
1: Rachel, Mm you go to your ducks in a row to do this epic stuff. What will make you feel even better about being this person? Like any, any added thing? Any added thing that could like enhance like who you are in that moment even more. I mean, it may be that you're so excited right now that there isn't. You can't imagine Um, feeling even better than that.
0: As cool as I think it would be to do something like this by myself, I think doing it with other people would make me feel better. It's like the whole training process
1: or preparing process, well, and the trip or just itself, the adventure, itself. like
0: having having someone else or multiple other people there at the end of it,
1: and this like achieving this kind it of, with
0: with other people.
1: This kind of adventure. Um, this, you know, 20-day hike, epic trails. I'm sure there's more than just one epic 20-day trail in the world. Like, how do you feel that that aligns with, like, your identity, who you are, your priorities, and your values, like, what you believe in?
0: Whew, man. This this exercise goes deep. Yes, ma'am. Um, So, I... I mean, I feel like one of my biggest values around like health, fitness, my body, my mindset is like just constant improvement. Like I'm always amazed that we can get better and stronger and fitter. And, um, I always love the, that the Japanese concept of Kaizen, like it just constant small improvement, Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, we never, we, it's possible to never stop getting better on, on some level. Right physically, mentally. Um, So I feel like something like this really aligns with that. Like the idea that you can make a plan to get incrementally better at like a dozen different elements that will make that trip work, you know, whether it's planning, mindset, physical training, um, just gear and preparation and learning. right? Like planning that far ahead, planning for that kind of success aligns with that, that concept that I love so much. Um, and I feel like I've always just resonated with climbing mountains, Mm -hmm. right? Like my Instagram handle of like just one peak at a time kind of started with climbing Kilimanjaro. And like, there's something that is very meaningful to me about the, the, the analogy of physically climbing to a peak. Mm -hmm. Um, and that Doing so allows you to see the world from a really different perspective. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I feel like this is this totally aligns with what I see as my some of my really core values and even just like curiosity. Right. Like the thought that no matter how much I prepare, I need to be curious about what the unknowns might be, Um, because I feel like curiosity is actually one of my core value words as well that always comes up. So. And Just excited about how much I would learn over like two years of this process if I actually did all that. Um, I'd learn a lot, and that well, that also lines up. So, we're gonna
1: call it there. Like, I could keep going for longer, yeah. But I was like, wow, of, this is like, so basically, what I've done is like, I, feel as like as I was I just talking... had a therapy
0: session, like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> take a breath, we'll have wine. Whew. Um, so what i did like as you were going along wrote down various words this is so people if you'd want to try this at home you know and just circled the ones that stand out so i'm now going to attempt with your words to give you some kind of like brief destination postcard health and wellness vision statement let's see what we can come up with here okay ah i am strong and curious in constant pursuit of improvement. I have found balance between... Uh, like I have a balanced mind. I am prepared. And I am excited for adventures to come. Notice when you say that, when I just said that, everything is in present tense. Yeah. It's not I will be strong. I will be prepared. I am strong and I am prepared. Because that future Rachel is you everything in there is already like within you so things that have maybe like been playing on your mind like you said like you know do i really am i really needing to keep pushing 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 at weightlifting so i can get five more pounds added to my crossfit total yeah do i really need to keep rigorously counting macros in pursuit of maybe losing an inch here or there when actually the very thing that makes my soul sing That would make me excited. In my future. Is quite different. Damn. That's some powerful shit. Yes.
0: That is so cool.
1: (laughs) It is. It's a very cool exercise. And it always kind of sends you to a place. That's kind of surprising. And sometimes like reveals things that like. You've known to be true. Deep down. Mm -hmm. But you're so kind of busy carrying on with a routine that you've developed for yourself or like a narrative that you've told yourself about yourself. Like, you know, you've always been like, you know, I'm strong. I'm good at weightlifting. This is what I do. This is my thing. I'm just going, you know, I want to, I've seen somebody got that. I'm going to get more. Um, But when you actually take a deeper dive, is that the stuff that really makes your soul sing is like a pursuit of maybe you have current people in your corner right now who are great but it's not really moving you towards awesome.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the cool... I mean, those are all amazing questions to consider, but one of the ones that definitely was challenging and interesting to consider is like, what do you do now that doesn't serve that person? Mm -hmm. Right? Because I think that's the thing. Like, even people like us who probably by many standards are like healthy, motivated, disciplined people who have really good routines and we... We we do a lot of things right, um, but even doing all those right things in the present might not serve that future mm-hmm. self. Yeah, so hey, it's a fun one to wow. do.
1: It's a good one to do. I know Rachel is now gonna ponder this furiously. Dude, I am. <laughs> this is
0: like, I feel like I wish there like people should like take this recording and like. Um, delete all of my responses and just have you ask them the questions right like like... do some kind of soothing voice
1: (laughs) who do you want to (laughs) be let me help you get there (laughs)
0: guru hannah Hannah. will uh
1: (laughs) but yeah like this like i said you can use this like if you're contemplating a change of career if you're Mm. contemplating like you know i'm going to the gym every day but i'm i'm not seeing what i think i should be seeing why is that yeah Maybe who, who it's because is that like I think I'll be. Maybe the gym is the, not the right form of fitness for you or maybe it's the fact that you're imagining you want to be this person, but actually when you take a bit of a deeper dive, you don't really want what you think you're chasing after. There's something else and it's probably something that way way more meaningful and when you actually lock into what is truly meaningful and you start to work towards that, that's when like it gets exciting and you can stick to it. You know, if it's like people who say, I want to lose a ton of weight like this, but they don't really care for that. What they actually want is to feel good.
0: Yeah. They want to feel good moving around. They want to.
1: And so else. you've just been focusing on it's close, but it's not quite close enough to be able to lock in and stick to it. So just thought this would be like a little bit of fun.
0: That was really cool. And I mean, I hope it was cool for people listening to us. It was cool on our end. We can listen back to it and see how that sounds. But
1: yeah. Any closing comments?
0: No, I just feel like you've left me with so much to think about. Now I really want to go out and get a permit to do the John Muir Trail and like uh, imagine actually what this training would look like. Do it. Yeah. Cool.
1: Well, I think that's a pretty good (laughs) note to end on. Um, Thank you for listening. Sorry we missed one. Right, we missed you. Um, But, you know, life happens. Sometimes you get thrown off track, but you can always get back on it. And so here we are. This has been episode 28 a deep dive into a destination postcard and other stuff. And we will see you next time. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving.